Oh, hello, folks, and come on down to Spit Old Man Crittenden's Old Timey Lemonade Showdown. That's right, the show that pits several lemonades against each other in armed duelist combat. Armed with pistols, our competitors will test their grit and see who's the real sourpuss in this one-of-a-kind beverage battle. I'm your host, Old Man Crittenden. Old Man Crittenden's, whatever the fuck I said the name was, is sponsored by Old Man Crittenden's Old Timey Old Lemonade, guaranteed to have at least one and a half pieces of urine. How do you split a urine into a piece? That's the Old Man Crittenden's secret. All right, that's all. That's all I got. What's up? Hey, I I, I like that. That was that was not where I thought you were gonna go with that. Thank you. Uh, you know, I don't even know what happened. I just uh, I just press play. You know, sometimes you press play on a audio recording. I don't have anything for the show today. I think that I think I think doing that took took it all out of me. All right, good show, uh, everybody. Thanks. Yeah. So, what do you got, Kevin? You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to really carry this. <laughs> uh, let's see. So, in, in the last week, I, I've been really digging deep on trying to get us uh, our own custom sodas. I don't know how much you want to talk about that yet because it's not a done deal. But yeah, let, let's talk about yeah. it a little bit. Um, but to to get it to talk about it, we should honestly bring in our beverage consultant, Old Man Crittenden. <laughs> well, thank you, Spencer, for the lovely, luxurious introduction. That's right, that happeners. We're working on some custom beverages. We talk about this in what I believe might be the next episode we release. But we do these sort of things out of chronological order occasionally. And at the end of the last episode, which you probably haven't heard. We were talking about getting our own beverages going, and I just thought, as a beverage master myself, I could sit in on the convos, give some notes. Well, yeah, ab- ab- absolutely, <laughs> old man, Crittenden. That sounds perfect. Um, I thought yeah. he was going to keep going. I don't know. <laughs> he just kind of stopped. You know. Um. Yeah. So I, I've been talking with a, a couple vendors that make custom sodas. Like you, you kind of like give them like you know how you want to mix up different flavor profiles and things like that and how you want it canned or bottled and things. And there's a couple of companies that sort of sound like they can do what we're looking for here. So, you know, if I don't know if you want to reveal the flavor that we've been kind of teasing, um, but. Well, I mean, I don't know. Let's be honest, old man Crittenden. You're actually in this business deal. We're kind of using some of your ideas and branding. You know, that's right. We're thinking about making some old timey root beer infused with lavender. Lavender. That's right. That's what we called it down southwest. That's a place where Nevada is. I mean, uh, I guess. All right, whatever. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, we're so the company that you were dealing with has not made a root beer, but we might compel them to make a root beer because Kevin is such a power player in the business industry. He can force industries to take on new flavors that they don't even provide, right? Pretty much, yeah. Uh, the, 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 the woman I was talking to there was very friendly. Um, they have a lavender flavor already. They have different bases. They don't currently have a root beer base, but they were kind of like, you know, we've been thinking about this for a while. No one's just ever asked for root beer before. Um, but I kind of like, she kind of followed this up with, you know, it kind of sounds like lavender and root beer is going to taste terrible, right? <laughs> and I'm like, well, yeah. 
Y- exactly. That's that's what we're going for. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not really. The problem is lavender is just a terrible flavor. Now, like I get the idea of like floral kind of flavors. I've tasted like some rose flavored ice cream and stuff, but I mean, rose isn't great and lavender is just way worse. There's things that like, they're not good flavors. They're great as scents, but they don't really mix with flavors. You probably could do a lavender lemonade or something, but it wouldn't be a value add. It would just suck. Like you're just adding weird weirdness to the mix you know so it's really their fault by offering a lavender flavor if they're worried about it tasting weird you know i don't know i think the lavender they more intended they do these like craft soda flavors that are very delicate um Mm -hmm. and i think that that was intended like you know combine lavender and rose or something like that rather than what we're talking about here you could call it bouquet um exactly i gotta work for that company you gotta give me a job there i think um it does sound really cool. I wonder, do they, do you know if they do samples? Like, yes, yes. They offer to send me some samples. So it would, it would be cool to just get like a straight lavender sample just to see what that is as a baseline, you know, but, but yeah, uh, it's really exciting. I, we were talking on the show. I guess we shouldn't talk too much about what we were talking on the show, but I just think it could potentially be cool merch. If it's not super expensive, you know, you buy, you buy a soda and it, it says, you know, it has Jeff's face on it. <laughs> Jeff's like, I, I deserve this. Uh, and then, you know, he drinks one and it dies. It feels like a good way to bring the podcast full circle. <laughs> I don't know. Do they have lemon? They have lemon, right? We could potentially yes. make old timey lemonade and maybe they can add a uh, railroad spike flavor. Is, is that, is that something you think you could force them to do? Um, she actually, like I, I sent along that one of our, our, our lovely <laughs> fans made this mock-up advertisement. What was his name? Noiselund? Yes. Um, Shout out to Noiselund. um, He did some amazing work with this stuff. Um, And in the corner of it, it said, what does it say here? Uh, Contains up to three railroad spikes in every can. And she's like, "Uh, you realize you you can't actually say that, right? Like, if you're making a real beverage, you you, you can't joke around like that. (laughs) So... Um, we might have to change that to say contains no railroad spikes in every can or something. And then she was yeah. like, well, yeah, well, up to three could, could be zero. That's the same argument. I mean, zero is yeah, up to three. No, we're clearly, but, we're clearly treading in waters. So we do not, we can't possibly understand. Yeah. Cause like we have to do the whole official like nutrition facts on the back and barcodes sure. and all of that stuff. And she's like, no, this is a real deal. Like you have to go through all the food and drug and all that um yeah you can't make claims that aren't true and you know so can we yeah, she liked everything can, but that part well can we just get the can like can we get empty cans i wonder if there's different rules for empty cans probably i mean they, they do can production i'm sure they could send empty cans if we asked for instead because because be if, if it's like it's an art object in the form factor of a can we might be able to get them on board for stuff that is not necessarily hot water legally i don't know you know this is this is this is all very exciting but it is probably (laughs) better off my conversation i don't know i think it's cool to talk about for sure everything we've talked about but really get into the nitty-gritty about legal obligations might might be a bit beyond that uh but i don't know just let us know if you're if you're listening if you would buy a collector's edition can of old man crittenden's lavender root beer or some other flavor like is that something you'd be interested in would you want to buy like three or four flavors at the same time is one just all you need 
Yeah, because I think we could do something that's lemonade, and we could do something that's soda. So that's two. And they do an and energy the, drink. Well, and, yeah. Go ahead. Um, they do an energy drink. They do like these infused waters. They do sparkling waters. They did um, kind of like a Gatorade kind of thing. So mm -hmm. they they got a lot of options they could they could put in cans and bottles for us. Wow, you know. And it's a great way to lose money, I'm sure. It would be great if we could do small enough batches that we won't lose. But, I mean, stuff like that, it's all about volume. You know? Oh, speaking of volume, I'm going to turn my fucking mic down. Oh, I blew out the mic this whole shit. God damn it. Uh, well, imagine it not blown out, and it probably gets funnier, right? Uh, God damn it. I hate myself. Or do I? Um, okay. We got to get into it. We don't got to get into it. But... I've been away for a long time. Have I? I don't know. I went to Portland, and I don't think I really ever talked about it. It was a scary time. <laughs> no, I don't know. Um, so, okay. I don't know if some of you magic heads, magic the gathering enthusiasts might be aware of the professor is the name of uh, the guy who does Tolerian Community College. It's a YouTube channel. He makes a ton of magic facing content. I think he might do other card games a little bit too, but it's mostly magic. He's been doing it for a long time. He is a pretty big fish in the magic video sphere. And uh, he invited me on to do his commander series, Shuffle Up and Play. Or maybe that's just the gameplay series. I don't know. But, you know, he wanted me to come and play magic on camera. And he flew me up to fucking Portland to do it, which, I mean, I can't imagine that being worth the money like i don't i don't know man i don't know what realm like youtubers are living in where that's a may i don't know the guy he he seemed like he was a big fan of mine which is always surprising to me especially these days um and especially like the more famous or talented someone gets i get more surprised by it but uh so i think maybe some of it was just he was excited about uh me but I think there's other people that he flies out kind of regularly too, which I'm like, how do you, how do you afford that? That's crazy. Um, but you know, who knows? Um, so he flew me out. He put me in a hotel. I was hanging out in Portland for a while. And let me tell you, man, the public transportation in Portland is amazing. Did I use it? No, I did not. Did I even see it? Not really. I have no conception of it, but I'll tell you this. People in Portland are so bad at driving. <laughs> They're so bad at driving that you have to assume this is only this could only be the case in a city that's so walkable, so bikeable, and so supported by public transit that they would never have to learn how to be good drivers. <laughs> it was really striking. Um, you know, I don't know. Portland's a really interesting place. Uh, I love the location. When I went, it was super, super hot. Oh, my God. It was like one of the hottest. It was like, you know, we've been dealing with California global warming summer or whatever the fuck, you know, for a while now. So it wasn't like as hot as it's been here. Um, and I could handle it. But it was very clear that in Portland, they could not handle it. Like, I don't think a lot of the places really have air conditioners necessarily. And so, like, the whole town was really struggling and everyone was not doing so hot and it was just weird i don't know i think like there's this weird uh, so like portland the place is like a really cool place but i don't know some some portland people not most of the almost all of the people i interacted with but most uh some of the portland people can be kind of weird 
and I don't they I feel like there was like not not like the customer service urgency that I expect if that makes sense it's not like cust- like cu- employees are like amazing in LA or Burbank or anything but I was just like kind of struck but I mean also the heat was causing it uh so it's like who knows how much of that was freaking out about the heat versus whatever but so we went to brunch at this place that was saying that said they weren't seating people outside because it was too hot. The only people they would seat outside is people with dogs, <laughs> which is very Portland to me. Um, but I wanted to sit outside because I don't I, I don't want to get COVID and no one wears masks anymore. And I've developed this thing at restaurants where I hold the mask with my left hand and I eat with my right hand between breaths taken through my mask so i'll hold the mask up to my face i'll 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 suck in i'll put down the mask i'll I'll scoop some food into my mouth i'll put the mask back on well i'll hold it to my face you know and then i'll breathe and chew and eat the food and i'll just do that kind of like double fisting a mask and a fork to try and eat while masking if that makes sense and that's something i've developed because even when restaurants came back online in the first kind of part of the pandemic I was still like, well, I'm not just going to fucking go sit in a restaurant with a bunch of like monsters, like clowns who don't fucking do anything. Probably a lot of them are not vaccinated and shit, you know, and it was so feasible. It worked so well. Like it didn't seem like an imposition to my dining. I was like, I'm just going to do this from now on. I still don't like eating in a restaurant if I can avoid it, but that's kind of like, you know, now I don't have to be an asshole and say like, no, I don't want to go to a restaurant or something, you know? Um, so, but, but the thing said, like they, they weren't seating people outside to reduce the amount of times the door opened to preserve the air conditioning. So like the air conditioner was struggling so hard that to open the door multiple times would have made it way hotter in the restaurant. And that's why they don't want to see people outside, whatever. Um, so then I go home or go to the hotel that night and I order something off the menu and they're like, oh, we actually aren't serving that. Uh, and I'm like, what? What do you mean? And it's on the menu. And they're like, they're, we're only serving fried chicken, burgers, and a couple other things due to the heat wave. Oh, including pizzas. And and I was like, what are you talking? They just like picked like seven things and said, we're only making this because of the heat wave. But the things that they're making include stuff in the deep fryer stuff on the flat top grill and stuff in the pizza oven it's like where else is the heat coming from in the kitchen if you're like worried about like getting the kitchen too hot which i understand kitchens are fucking hot as shit and in a place that doesn't have air conditioning or a place that's not equipped for the heat or whatever it's going to get even hotter so i get the idea that we got to keep it cool but like the menu stuff it was just it just seemed like they just didn't want to make certain dishes and said it was because of the heat wave and i'm just like what the fuck why put it on the menu why not like say put something in the menu or, or tell me that like oh we're not doing this thing in the room service or whatever it's just like i don't know it was weird also <laughs> the hotel boasted they boasted that they didn't have tvs in any of their rooms which i don't know to me it's not really something to brag about uh it's not really something to do like uh, at least for me what you do in a hotel is you go in you turn the air conditioning as low as it'll go and then you turn the tv on and you leave the tv on and you leave the air conditioner as low as possible until you check out that's just my hotel experience you know i was actually 
<laughs> one of the reasons why I was excited by the trip, which is stupid and not the only reason, but one of the reasons why is I was really excited to be in a hotel and get to watch TV. <laughs> So uh, that being de deprived of me was really a bummer. It was owned by this like bar group or restaurant group or brewing group that like all of their hotels have a lot of bars in them and then they make their own beer and, and beverages and stuff. So I think they want you to be bored in your hotel. So you go to the bar. So you buy their beer, you know, um, but hey, that's not a good reason to be a bad hotel. Um, not that it was a bad hotel. It was a really awesome hotel. It just, uh, oh, speaking of the air conditioner, you also couldn't adjust the air conditioner. <laughs> it was just set to like 80 or something. And so I was like, God damn it. Um, and, uh, and boy, howdy, the toilet paper was so painful. I was bleeding out of my asshole the whole time because the toilet paper was just like it had broken glass in it. It was insane. I found out on the last day that if you flip the toilet paper upside down, it's not quite as abrasive. It's still abrasive, but it's just less abrasive. But it just, the toilet paper had this these bumps on it that just like served, only served to like rip at your butt. It was not good. Um, the toilet paper was not good. And I don't know what the toilet prices are in Portland. Obviously they're trying to save money, but like, I don't know. I, I found the toilet paper look by looking at the patterns and stuff on the, the, the actual paper itself at uh, like a Rite Aid and the, the difference between like that and like the next tier up, which is still really shitty toilet paper that I wouldn't buy for myself, was like 50 cents, which I understand scale. Don't get me wrong. I understand scale. But still, it's like you're a hospitality company. Like the idea that you're not going to pay 50 cents more for giant bulk package, almost certainly you can even save more in bulk, you know, for something that like is actively destroying your customer's asshole base you know it was insane um so then we went to another restaurant and they also weren't serving people outside and it said for the safety and comfort of their employees they're not serving people outside it wasn't about the air conditioner and then it's like okay i get the comfort well i don't get the comfort they're they're at work they're not supposed to be comfortable this isn't like this isn't a, a job where we pay people to be comfortable at work they're they're paid to do work you know not be comfortable um so like uh so i get that and then safety i mean i get that on some of the days but like it was 90 out you go outside for like two minutes to take an order and you walk back in that's not really going to be harming anyone's health you know like i whatever you know maybe the kitchen back there's hot so once they come back in they have to sit in the hot I don't know, you know, whatever. It's just like, it was all just like very like weird to me because it just felt like not customer service E. It felt like, well, we care about our employees more than the customer, which, hey, if you work there, that's awesome. That's probably like a better corporate culture <laughs> than what I'm used to. You know, something that like, oh, we care about the employees more than we care about the customer's experience or whatever, you know. Um, but it definitely was very jarring to me and my entitled shit ass bullshit bleeding asshole was, was not happy about it. Um, and then I went to a subway to get a soda. I was hanging out with one of my Patreons, patrons. And if you, if you uh, give me Patreon money and you're in the Discord and I visit uh, the place you happen to live in, you know, maybe we'll, uh, maybe we can hang out. That's not a guarantee. I wouldn't put that on any cans of soda. But, uh, you know, that's, that's technically something that could happen. It's happened in the past. It could happen again. 
you know, uh, patreon.com slash the Sixler. Uh, but I was hanging out with uh, him. We got a sandwich at a, a, like a Japanese sandwich truck. It was really good. We were walking around and I was like, I need some fucking soda, dude. And so we went to a sub subway because we couldn't find like a corner store or anything. And I was like, I know subway has like a fridge of sodas, you know, it's not like a cup. Like you could just get a bottle of soda. It'll be easy. And so I walk in and there's a guy in front of me. The guy is like a classic Portland guy. He has like a metal uh, nose piercing that's in the shape of a handlebar twirly mustache. (laughs) And uh, so we're waiting. We're waiting for like a good five minutes. And then some old guy walks in. He looks like he must be at least 60 or 70. And he has a long ponytail. He has kind of like the vibe of a lapsed biker or something like like a guy who's been on some hard times. Um, so he wanders in behind us and, and goes past us. And it turns out he's an employee at the subway. And I don't know where he's been, but he walks in, goes behind the counter and starts taking the guy in front of me's order. And I'm like, what's going on? Oh, and uh, it's important to the story that this whole time that we're hearing it, I, uh, we're, we're, I, uh, this whole time we're waiting there, I'm hearing someone wash dishes and, uh, you know, I know that sometimes there's restaurants that hire people just to wash dishes, but I don't think Subway is a place where you only wash dishes. Like, I think people that are washing dishes are also capable of making sandwiches and helping customers and stuff. And uh, so, again, after all these other experiences, I'm like, damn, man, they really do not care about customers at all. And I should mention that while we are hearing this person wash dishes, it sounded, and this is a weird descriptor, but it sounded like he was washing them angrily. <laughs> and so uh, the guy, he's helping the guy in front of me. And then at this point, like by the time he's coming in to help, uh, a small line has developed. I think two to three people have now lined up before me, behind me. And I'm with my friend, um, my Patreon, patron. I mean, I don't, you know, friends a weird word. I don't know if we're friends or not. Uh, we'd hang out more. We're probably friends. I don't know. You could be my friend too. <laughs> Patreon.com slash the Sixler. Not guaranteed. Um, uh, so it looks like it looks like even more people because he's just standing there, but he looks like he's in line, you know. And so this old guy, he asks whoever's washing dishes to come out and help. And then we hear the dishwasher now, who he is as angry as his washing sounds would imply. <laughs> He says something like, all right, but don't expect me to be nice to anybody. I'm in a shitty mood. <laughs> and uh, so uh, so he, he he says some more stuff that I can't really remember talking about. He's saying like he got like the, the gist of it is he was left a big mess at, at his shift. It was one of those situations where he was opening or he's starting the shift and whoever finished the shift or whoever closed, like left a bunch of shit for him to wash and he's not happy about it, you know, which I understand. That's a perfectly reasonable gripe. I used to work at a bookstore and that shit would happen all the time and it would suck, but I would just do it because it's like, hey, I'm here to work. I don't like, I'm not like expecting to just not work the whole time I'm at work. It does suck, but to me it just sucks because, you know, uh they're they're just not it's not fair that they don't work and then i have to do their job you know but i was never like ah this sucks i was never like yelling about how i have to be mean because it happened (laughs) and uh you know he's he's kind of he was saying that like he he makes more money streaming on tiktok live 
than he does from subway and i'm like dude i don't fucking care also just quit then i don't fucking care like you're not it's not like you're doing me a favor by working at subway like just why are you talking about it just do it you know and the, uh, reasonably he's maybe complaining to the old guy i can't imagine the old guy fucking cares either i'm sure he was like fighting in vietnam or something you know so like i it was just like so weird and he's he's ranting and he's ranting when he should be asking me what i want but you know he's already admitted that he's not going to be nice so I'm, I'm certainly not expecting him to uh take my order or anything but eventually i'm like i just want to buy a bottle of soda and he's like all right this guy will ring you up down there and but the thing is he wouldn't ring me up down there because that guy was making a fucking sandwich he's making two sandwiches so it's like why can't you just fucking ring me out man like uh whatever but so i'm waiting for the sandwiches and then it becomes awkward with the guy in front of me because he's like maybe gonna pay for his sandwich but he's like nah you can buy your soda and i'm like i, I mean it's fine you could pay for your sandwich first but it's like that was a weird shuffle it's like why didn't that guy just fucking ring me out for a soda i don't know but whatever so uh all in all it was very strange very very strange folks a lot of people but the thing is like again like i think that's a better way to live than what i'm accustomed to you know like i think i think like i'm just so terrified all the time of someone yelling at me or something that i would never behave like any of those ways and i would never uh, expect anyone to 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 like put up with it or whatever you know like i would never expect um uh like someone to not make me work outside if it was hot you know etc it just seemed like you know that's just what i'm putting up with but whatever it's better i'm sure it's better for their employees other than apparently subway wasn't paying that guy as much as he was getting on TikTok live which isn't a ton of money like i i don't know how much he was making on TikTok live but there's no way he was making tons of money so the fact that subway doesn't even compare to that that's that's a huge bummer but hey i don't know who knows so that was portland it was really fun to hang out with the professor we hung out a fair amount we went to like a cool magic uh bar or a gaming bar and we played magic and then we, i played other magic he has like video editors and i was playing magic with his video editors one day and then we did the we did the show and it was so awesome it was so good like performing is so great i haven't fucking performed like with people other than to you kevin and you know there's a delay and stuff it's kind of awkward to perform and in kevin you're you're the audience but you're also the participant so it's not even like a true audience kind of uh relationship so i just like totally forgot like how it felt to just be like cracking jokes and people are laughing and stuff you know and it was awesome it was really awesome despite no no tvs in the uh in the uh hotel but uh so yeah uh i think that's going to come out in between two or six months i'm not super clear but i'll talk about it more when it gets closer um yeah i don't know well uh, what about you kevin you you haven't said anything this whole time you got anything to say about any of this um i, I mean i've only been to portland a couple times but i always had this feeling that like everybody there was doing some kind of performance art like yeah everybody was an unwilling participant in their own little performance <laughs> you know like we were there all like you me dan and i think dustin and a few other people were that were there for one of the comedy festivals in portland and dan asked me to come with him to go get a drink somewhere and we went to this place that was and i I'm, this is the most portland thing ever it was a combination retro bike repair shop slash bar 
<laughs> so not only were they repairing old tiny bikes, like like and I, I mean like the ones with the giant wheels and stuff like that. Penny like farthings. Yeah, they were repairing bikes like that and also serving like custom drinks. And in the span of like 10 minutes, three crazy things happened. Like one guy walks in, sits down next to Dan and kept doing this whole, I think I know you. Who are you? And Dan was like, well, if you don't know, I'm not telling you, but your kids sure. would probably know who I was. And so like this guy's like guessing in increasingly impl implausible guesses of like, you know, are you the vice president and stuff like that? Like he was getting further and further off the more he guessed. And then he calls his kids and is like describing what Dan looks like to them. And the kids are guessing further and further off too. Um, and so while that's <laughs> happening, some other guy comes in, sits down, like me and Dan are sitting in bar stool side by side. This guy brings a stool in and like wedges his way in between me and Dan. What? And, and pulls out, and I'm not kidding. I, just, I, I think you're, you're going to remember this part. He pulls out a gallon Ziploc bag of weed and hands it to Dan. Yeah. And Dan's like, um, I'm not Spencer. That's for Spencer, right? And Dan, and, and this guy's like, for me. the guy's like, well, it's for whoever takes it. It's whoever takes it. And he's like, okay, well, I was trying to talk to Kevin over here. And the guy who's paying me absolutely no attention is trying to get Dan to smoke up with him. And meanwhile, while all this is going on, this other guy comes in and like, you know how in like a McDonald's commercial, the hamburger takes those really big steps. Like, you know what I'm talking about? Like, this, like he's trying to sneak, but he's taking these enormous steps. Yeah, cartoon sneaking. Yeah. Yes. He did this all the way over to a drinking fountain. And then as he's walking over to the drinking fountain, he says in this like loud projecting voice, something like, I'm not going to get a drink of water because water's dope. And walks over, sneaking over to this drinking fountain, and then takes the loudest gulps possible, and then walks right back out the door. Yeah. And all three of these people were doing this their their own little bit at exactly the same time. And I'm looking around like, oh my god, what is going? This has got to be like, you know, candid camera or so, like punked or something. Like somebody's playing a trick on us, you know. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. Nobody else is even noticing this is going on. And that that pretty much sums up my experience in Portland is that they're just everyone's doing a bit. Yeah, it's everybody's fucking insane. Like, I don't know. It's like clown town or something. It's crazy. Um, I don't know. It's it's uh, every like the vast majority of people are very kindly and nice. Uh, you know, I'd say the vast majority are old white people, um, but a lot a lot of the people you see are not old white people um, unless you're in like the suburbs. But uh, I don't know. It's great. It's a great great location i could use different people like I, I would prefer different people in that location <laughs> but it's a great place yeah everything you're saying is absolutely wild and it fits very much with my understanding i don't know like i uh, i don't know I, I think people on the west coast are just kind of fucked and weird in various ways uh except for southern california we're cool and normal uh but uh no i don't know but one of the things that really set my impression of portland <laughs> is when we were up there one time for bridgetown we were getting a ride from like the bridgetown uh it's like a comedy festival so one of the employees of the com comedy festival is like shuttling us and we passed like a street called like hollywood avenue or something like that and I was like, oh, Hollywood, it's like, why are they naming streets after Southern California? You know, why are they naming them after city streets? Shouldn't they name them after like Oregon streets or something? And I don't know. I was just kind of making a very bad, stupid joke. I don't know. If you think about it, Hollywood is just this very natural 
kind of wilderness sound holly and wood it's like a type of wood from a holly plant or something i don't know actually isn't holly is like an invasive uh plant that grows on other wood anyway um you know but it's this very naturalistic kind of sounding street name it, it makes sense it's fine it doesn't have to link to hollywood the place um but and then the guy who was driving was like in a kind of measured tone but clearly belying some amount of frustration you know i don't come to where you live and makes make fun of your uh, where you live and i'm like bro what the fuck are you talking I, when i say i'm like in a story usually that's what i'm thinking it's not anything i actually do or say but so take, taking that in mind i'm like what are you talking about like i'm not i'm fucking did you name the street like what ownership of this do you have why is this like uh, it's dinging your ego for me to say something like that, whatever, whatever. Uh, but when that happened, I was like, okay, I do not, I do not vibe with this. <laughs> like what's happening. I'm not, I'm not with it. And again, there's a lot of cool people in Portland. There's a lot of cool people I know and talk to in Portland. The vast majority of people I interacted with, uh, every time I went were very normal and not weird. And no one was like riding a unicycle or anything, you know? <laughs> so, uh, but there is this very strange, uh, I don't know thread woven throughout I think that's kind of consistent but uh speaking consistent it's time to be consistent with our advertisements if you want to give your body the nutrition it needs and the energy it craves there's cachava it's a plant-based super blend made of made up of superfoods greens proteins omegas vitamins and minerals antioxidants and probiotics in other words it's all your daily nutrients in a glass some folks choose to take it as a foundation of a healthy breakfast or lunch, or others lean on it as a delicious protein-packed snack to curb cravings and reduce grazing. If you're in a hurry, you can just add two scoops of Kachava Super Blend to ice water or your favorite milk or milk alternative and just get going. But personally, I like to blend it with greens and fruit and ice. You know, treat yourself nice. Take a minute and treat yourself right, and you'll get all the stuff that you need and feel great. Kachava is offering 10% off for a limited time. Just go to kachava.com slash goblinflakes, that's spelled K-A-C-H-A-V-A, and get 10% off your first order. That's K-A-C-H-A-V-A dot com slash goblinflakes, kachava.com slash goblinflakes. That Happens is sponsored by CLA, helping you balance your business for success. Think about a bicycle. It takes balance to get where you want to go. Now think about business. Whatever your business or organization, you ride the line between numbers and people. And just like a bike, it takes balance. CLA, CPAs, consultants, and wealth advisors. That's CLA. We'll get you there. Clifton Larson Allen LLP Investment Advisory Services are offered through Clifton Larson Allen Wealth Advisors, LLC, an SEC registered wealth advisor. And we're back. What's up, Kevin? You think that last one's going to get us in trouble? <laughs> I mean, one way to find out. Let's, let's, let's let it go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I think the first step is usually a cease and desist. Uh, but hey, it's free advertising, literally. <laughs> you, can't, you can't say it's not. Uh, what do we want to talk about? Uh, AI. AI has been doing stuff. I don't know. There's this someone, I don't know, there's been on TikTok. I'm like, okay, so we talk about AI, we talk about TikTok. On TikTok, there's been this recent small trend, very small trend, of using this program called Mari slash O, like Mar I slash O, Mar I O, Mario, um, which is a Lewis script based on some sort of science project. 
and it uses it's a it's a self-learning algorithm that someone took and they plugged it into mario super mario world and so the algorithm teaches itself how to play mario and so people have been doing it with different games and with mario and with sonic and stuff and and, and different people have all been doing it with mario because when something on TikTok gets popular everyone starts to steal it and uh so i've been watching this one uh it's by a guy named andrew and the he calls the ai george and that kind of started the trend of naming the ai that's doing the game and uh i don't know this andrew guy seems like a real uh ai tech bro idiot like grifter kind of guy you know um he always had that bent because a lot of his uh content is about like you know various ai things and what you can do with them and stuff and uh he recently had this post that was about we talked about it about that one uh news story that was about how in a simulation the drone killed its supervisor or whatever the hell you know and then it turned out that, that it wasn't a simulation it was all just like a thought experiment written up by a company that like comes up with thought ex uh, comes up with situations so that the defense department and other stuff can like figure out what they might do in those situations you know like they might set up a war game situ uh, scenario or like say like okay what if russia fires a bunch of nukes and that makes china freak out and launches several nukes and we know where russia's nukes are headed but we don't know where china's nukes are headed what would we do and they just kind of talk about what their options are and figure it out that's like a big part of what the dod or whatever the fuck various government agencies do and so one of the scenarios was just talking about what's called the paperclip maximizer etc whatever but this guy he presented it as if it was like literally something that happened like uh like it was actually like he was saying that the like oh we have this drone that's trained that's being trained with ai and the drone is being trained that it's actually you know that that in the training it's showing that what it's doing is killing people it's like really irresponsible to like <laughs> anyway uh it's it's an interesting it's an interesting algorithm uh because it's it's a guy playing playing mario but it's uh it's it's playing it in a very weird way because it's using this like robot brain and the thing about the 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 script is that it's not like a normal ai and it's not like an ai that's designed to play mario it's basically mimics biological evolution in the sense that it creates a bunch of species and each species learns on its own track and then um the overriding algorithm determines which of those species are the most effective and then it kind of like crossbreeds various effective species and kills off less effective species which is a really weird and strange and interesting way to have a self-learning algorithm and as a result it can like technically be trained on a lot of different kind of ideas um but this one was trained uh you know mostly to play mario although it does other games too and uh like it has this base rule which is basically it, you gotta move right you gotta maximize your value that counts how far right you've moved on the screen because in most mario levels you go right and then you hit the end you know and so uh it's just really interesting to watch it go and then a lot of people in the chat are like watching it and saying like oh it's so stupid it's so stupid why didn't it see that it, it jumped that time and it worked and why doesn't it keep jumping there and it's like it's 
and I'm like yelling at people being like, it doesn't work like that. It's different species. All the different species are doing different things. And uh, it's pretty interesting. I don't know. But uh, it's, uh, that's all. I don't know. I guess that didn't really go anywhere, huh? But you know what else AI is doing, Kevin? It's uh, creating voice clones of people for use in music videos and stuff. Um, another thing on TikTok was uh, was people. There's this thing called Voiceify.ai um, where you can use you can use um, like a selection of ingested like voice models and put in like a YouTube link, and then it'll it'll render like the YouTube link sound, but you replace the the vocals of, of the of the link with one of their AI voice models. And one of the more popular ones are like all the characters from SpongeBob. Uh, so um, they've been I've been seeing that on TikTok a little bit. The one of the more famous ones is this link one, Kevin, you got this link one going maybe like skip to 30 seconds into there or something. Yes, one second here. Which is and don't do it for very long because it's copyright, <laughs> and we're assessing Shine it, we're reviewing like it. A diamond. <laughs> it's uh, Plankton Shine bright doing like a Rihanna. Diamond. You want to skip ahead? Well, I diamonds in the sky. I knew it's just funny. He's like yelling. Right I don't know. Oh, right you could stop. I don't want to get in trouble. But, uh, you know, so people are making their own their own versions of stuff. But the thing is, a lot of voice models are really bad. But these SpongeBob ones are really good, I think, just because there's so much like <laughs> content to pull from to create like the model. It's pretty interesting stuff. I don't know. Um, but something like that is just kind of like a joke based off of like, oh, it's haha. It's funny that, you know, this voice is now doing the song. It's kind of simplistic and it's uh and it's um uh, you know it's still basically theft it's kind of like a meme where you take something and then you like photoshop a hat onto it and repost it and it's like that's i mean i don't think that's transformative enough to get you out of copyright you know infringement territory or whatever but then we got this second link which is what someone has done is they've used this basic program to so they wrote their own rap they wrote a rap they wrote a rap song that has different characters um and different voices and then they performed it and they made the music for the rap so they actually did music production and so then they passed that through the different voice filters to make it so instead of them doing the rap that they had performed and recorded it's like SpongeBob doing the rap and stuff. So you have all these different SpongeBob characters collabing on this rap. And then he like used 3D uh, animation software to like create a 3D uh, environment in a whole video. So it's like a fully produced music video um, made with AI. And that's like, I don't know. I just think like. Well, I guess I guess let's. You want to play the video for a while? Uh, we, Breaking like, we'll, news today is the okay. Chum Bucket has been riddled with bullets in a drive-by shooting. Emergency responders have reported one female victim, and one thing is for certain: Bikini Bottom is no longer safe. Red bottom sipping purpleine. Bitch, I'm gonna ride for my fucking team. Paint and whack your fucking fiend. Yeah, I run the game. What's my name? You, 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 Gene. 
you want to skip? Oh, no, this is Alright, that's probably enough for now. I don't know, maybe you can post the link in the, the other Discord, which isn't the bad Discord anymore. Man, maybe it's even the good Discord? I don't know, this is a new development, that maybe the other Discord is becoming the good Discord, thanks to Noiselund. Um, but, uh, so, yeah, I just, okay, so, like, that to me is, like, it's just really transformative, it's really creative, it obviously took a ton of effort, like, they really had to write a rap, they had a bunch of SpongeBob references in it. Like they made a SpongeBob drill rap, they produced it, and then they pumped it through this thing, and then they animated it. I don't know how many people did this or like who all did it or if they used other AI tools or whatever, but it's like, I don't know. That's like all, it's just, uh, when we first saw like the first bits of ChatGPT, like that's the kind of stuff that I was thinking of being like, you know, this these tools are actually tools. You know, they're not like, an excuse to steal labor and be uncreative and plagiarize like they can be tools used responsibly to help aid human output you know on some level i think fundamentally they are stealing the voice of a voice actor without paying them so it's like maybe that's not good but at the same time like they are creating this really original work using that technology and so like i don't know i think it would be good if we uh you know paid people and definitely it would be good if they got the permission of the people whose voices they were stealing. I don't know if they have or haven't, who knows. Um, but you know, at the same time, it's like, I do think there is some like opportunity here. That's not just, you know, not paying writers and making like two hour long hostess commercials or whatever the fuck. Although, Hey, a two hour hostess commercial, that could be pretty good. You know, uh, what else, what else, what else? You know, Elon Musk's in the news for killing monkeys or some shit. I, I hadn't read that. No. Well, that, the Neuralink. No, you know the Neuralink's been killing all the monkeys. Yeah. And Elon Musk. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how it came up again, but Elon Musk tweeted. He said, "Neuralink has not killed any monkeys. We we chose terminal monkeys, monkeys that were at the verge of death, and then we put the Neuralink in those, and then they died of." natural causes it wasn't neuralink which is just like the epitome of you know that that meme that's like you know my i don't abduct women shirt has people asking a lot of questions answered by my shirt or whatever i don't remember the initial joke of that but it's like man nothing says i'm killing a lot of monkeys more than We've never killed a monkey. They died naturally because we specifically chose dying monkeys to experiment on. I don't know. That's pretty crazy. That's pretty crazy. I feel like uh, he's like trying as quickly yeah. as he can just to burn any goodwill he's ever had. Like, you yeah. remember the movie Brewster's Millions where Richard Pryor had to like give away a million dollars as fast sure, as he possibly yeah. could? I think this is the same thing. Just he's trying to like turn the world against him as quickly as possible. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and that's not even to mention, like, th that was maybe, 
you know, a blip in the radar compared to him declaring war on the ADL, you know, which that's, I mean, honestly, that's very scary and uh, terrible. But at the same time, there is something crazy and funny about it a little bit just because it's, it's obscene. It's absurd. It's insane. Um, he's like flirting with Nazis in his DMs since he brought, bought the company. And like his opening move was like, I'm unbanning all the Nazis. And then all the advertisers were like, okay, I guess we're not going to advertise here anymore. And he's like, why are all the advertisers punishing me for my original ideas? And he got mad at the advertisers. And that's not a good way to get more advertisers, it turns out. And that was like, I don't know, week one or some shit. Like that was so early in his tenure. And, uh, you know, I don't know. And then most recently, he, he's like, I have no fo- no choice but to, <laughs> to sue the ADL, which, I don't know, whatever. I mean, he's not good at winning lawsuits, at least, generally speaking. Uh, so, hey, who knows how that'll turn out. But um, one of the things he said was that, like, the ADL is responsible for Twitter's valuation going down by half. He, like, said, like, oh, we lost $22 billion because of the ADL, which is like, no. Like, a lot of people said at the time of the sale, this is why he got it, was trying to get out of the sale, because he was trying to get out of sale. Remember, he lost the lawsuit about that. Um, But, like, one of the reasons was because a $44 billion valuation is is not accurate. Like, people were putting, like, uh, other, other entities were putting the company at, five billion dollars ten billion dollars total so the idea that like oh now we've lost half of our market cap i don't know what a market cap is but maybe that's the right phrase um and now we're down to 22 billion dollars that's not even like that's not even you lost that value that value was never there and you paid for it because you thought it would be funny to make like a meme that said like 42069 on a contract that you signed and then people are like why did you sign the contract um you know and so it's like it's not even it's not that any and don't get me wrong he's blown up a lot of twitter's value but he hasn't blown up 44 billion into 22 billion there was never was that 22 billion it didn't exist um but even then to blame it on the adl as if they were uh involved with like the people being like i don't like how this guy unbanned all the nazis (laughs) you know and then uh gave everyone blue checks and now it's this is all weird and we don't want to advertise anymore and also it's like new york times pulled out because he like yelled he says new york times sucks and stuff he was like new york times is the failing new york times so it's like all these companies are pulling out because like he's antagonizing them and they're like you know this must be the jews fault (laughs) it's so crazy it's so crazy uh i don't know i mean i don't know i don't know you guys what do we got what do we got so that's the nazis being added again i guess remember when we played the kit kat game we still have this fucking food you probably don't even have this anymore do you kevin it's downstairs but i have it class class warrior gave us this candy we gotta eat class warriors candy i still haven't cooked this chicken uh i haven't cooked this chicken yet <laughs> the chicken is still uncooked uh, but I, i've been wanting to make it make class warriors chicken uh that's like a cool recipe title if you saw someone's recipe blog and it said class warriors uh tandoori style chicken um there's another tiktok trend where people are eating borax 
there's there's a bunch of TikTok trends that are basically people saying like, you know what's uh, not healthy is uh, the preservatives they're putting in food these days. So you know what must be healthy is eating poison. <laughs> and so borax is one of those things, like eating raw milk. That's kind of actually predates like internet uh, metastasis. But uh, I saw this thing. There's a thing recently where a person on TikTok was saying that glasses are a scam. You don't need glasses to see. You can uh, you could command your body to improve its vision, <laughs> which is pretty intense stuff. Uh, but hey, you know whatever. I guess we can check. We can check out some emails. I don't have anything else here. Uh, okay. Wasn't there more to talk about? I feel like there was. Anyway, Brian writes, Hey, Spencer, I completely agree with you about hating gifts and the performative nature of them. For me, what's worse is this unspoken expectation to perform joy upon receiving the gift. If you give me something I don't want, what am I supposed to say? It is nice when someone surprises you with something cool, but that doesn't outweigh the anxiety of dealing with most gifts. I agree, Brian. Do you agree, Kevin? You probably don't agree. You're probably healthy. No, I, I I do. I find it really uncomfortable people giving me things. Like I I love giving other people stuff, but I just find it really really uncomfortable to receive things. So yeah, I get yeah. that completely. Yeah, I realize one of the things I want to talk about is that I started therapy. Uh, uh yeah, but uh, do we have enough time? I don't know. I kind of wanted to go into depth on this. I just completely forgot. So I'm actually feeling today, whatever today is, I'm actually feeling a lot better than I have been a while ago because I saw this therapist and it's not a normal therapist it's an EMDR therapist and EMDR is I don't know I'm not a scientist this is not medical advice you're better off listening to like uh, schizophrenics insane rantings uh, than listening to me about medical advice but I think people have said like EMDR is like hoax science and stuff so I don't I truly don't know I I'm a real negative person. I was looking for a knife on the internet the other day and I would go look at all the one star reviews and it's like, oh, this place has 4,000 five star reviews and one one star review. And then I look at the one star review and it's like, oh, this knife has a chip in it. And I'm like, well, I don't want to buy a chip knife. I better not buy this one. <laughs> you know, so like it, even when the numbers are very much in the favor of something, just seeing one negative thing is like, it gets me, you know, worrying about it. So I don't want to like, look into people talking about emdr in case you know even if again scientifically if it's like yeah this is proven and then one says one person is like it didn't work for me i'm just gonna it's gonna like stick with me and fuck me up so i don't know whatever but i went to an emdr therapist and we talked a little bit about some of my issues and like my insecurities and stuff and uh she explained like what emdr is and i guess the base premise is that there's a way to do to do i guess bilateral brain stimulation um which is i guess trying to stimulate the each each side of your brain and that can help regulate the flow of blood to your brain was what she was saying and then that can help fix more erratic and unhealthy brain patterns like for instance if you're anxious you know that has to do with like your limbic system and stuff and it's it's kind of like something mess messing up um it's not the like intended flow of brain stuff 
um, that's supposed to happen. And so by doing this bilateral stimulation, you're kind of you're kind of forcing the flow to be more regulated and not go into these erratic, harmful patterns. That's that's kind of the basic gist of it. And so uh, we did we did what she she explained tapping and we did like tapping exercises and tapping is just like I'm crossing my arms over my chest and then I tap and I tap. You just kind of slap your shoulders um, in a kind of rhythmic way that's like uh, I, I would liken it to about walking pace. And she said that walking is can be relaxing because it causes this bilateral brain stimulation in a, in a similar way to tapping. And so I was doing the tapping. Um, she was having me repeat the phrase in my head, like as a meditation mantra kind of thing. I'm calming my body. I'm calming my mind. I'm okay right here and right now, which I've done breathing exercises before. And I've tried to meditate before with mantras that are kind of like that stuff like that, you know, so I've done related stuff and I, it's not like it's not good, but you know, breathing kind of just regulates you, your emotions a little bit. You know, if you go like, I'm going to just take some deep breaths, I'm going to try and calm myself down, you know, so I've done stuff like that before. And it's not ineffective, but I wouldn't say it's particularly effective. And um, so I was doing the exercise and she was like, how do you feel? And then I was like, I don't know. And then I was doing it again. And she was like, how do you feel? And I was like, about the same. And it wasn't really feeling like anything. But then I was still excited because it's like, hey, this is day one. We're learning these exercises. So I'm going to try and do the exercises more. I'm going to try to do tapping more and stuff. And um, so then, but like I said, I wasn't really feeling any different. Not that I was expecting to feel different. I was tapping. I was I was slapping my shoulders. That's not going to make you feel different, right? And but then I'm like leaving. Um, I'm leaving and I'm walking to my car and I just feel like high or something. Like I feel like fundamentally, physically different in a way. Like just so, just kind of like almost like my face kind of felt fuzzy a little bit. Like again, like kind of like when you're high. Um, and I just felt really just calm and relaxed in a crazy way. And I didn't feel like that in the, in the therapist's office. Um, but walking back, I felt like so different. And I was like, whoa, this is crazy. And uh, since then, I've been trying to practice the tapping and stuff. And when I do it, I'm just yawning constantly. Like I yawn all the time, uh, which is like when I was doing deep breathing exercises and stuff, I wouldn't like yawn all the time so much. Um, so like, and I just like, after I'm done, I feel like high like that. It's so weird. And I just feel a lot, a lot better. And I don't know what's going to happen in the future if we're going to, uh, but like, because part of part, that's kind of like the baseline. And I guess then you go into like the desensitization and re reprocessing, which is the DR part of EMDR. And so maybe that'll be different or more intense or who knows if that'll work or not work. But uh, yeah, uh, I feel a lot better right now. Um, I feel like a lot more okay, if that makes sense. Whereas like, I swear to God, like I just like, I, I'll just be driving around and I'll be like, you piece of shit, you suck. Everything sucks. You should die. Uh, you're worthless. You're worthless. Like that's just my inner monologue when I'm not like thinking about like something, you know, I will be listening to a podcast and sometimes I'm like, Hey, that is a good movie. You're worthless. You're worthless. <laughs> like You suck. And uh, that's just kind of like an inner monologue. And since then, until I'd say about today, I've gotten a little, little bit of that a little bit. Um, but but since then i've just felt just way better i haven't had that voice in my head so much um or like at all and i i've definitely got some negative thoughts and been like frustrated and being like this sucks this sucks getting kind of like 
going and dwelling on it and stuff. But then I'm trying to like do okay, let me just do some tapping, and then I do that, and then I feel like better again. <laughs> it's so weird. It's so weird. I don't know. Like I don't, I don't even know what the. Oh wait, did you didn't you put the Rethius thing? Is that gone now? What happened? Uh, he retracted that. He he made a mistake. Oh. Okay, my bad. <laughs> um, maybe he uh, misunderstood what EMDR stands for or something. I don't know. The thing is, EM stands for eye movement, which is based on like, like the therapist is supposed to move their hand back and forth and you just follow it with your eyes. Because if you follow it to one side and then the other side of your vision, um, I guess that also is bilateral stimulation, which is interesting because if you think about a hypnotist like swinging a pendulum and you follow that with your eyes, that would, you know, do the same basic kind of eye tracking, which I guess is bilateral stimulating. And it, when I was doing it, it was relaxing. And so, yeah, the idea that maybe hypnotists like somehow tapped into that and that's how they like relax, uh, you know, their victims. Is that what they're called? (laughs) Hypnosis victims. (laughs) but yeah i don't know so i'm still not sure like it's not like i know that it's real it's not like i think it's real it's not like i think like oh shit this is the this is like i'm i'm saved i'm i'm out of the woods and it's not that i'm like oh this is good science and it's not like i'm i'm like oh this is clearly debunked woo kind of hippie science i i really don't have a strong understanding of what it is or isn't or how it works or doesn't you know um but it just uh it's cool i don't know i uh i uh i hope i can feel even better but i i do feel a lot better i've been doing um i've been more motivated you know i don't know i'm just better at kind of task management by a little bit i don't know i'm probably selling it too hard but who knows maybe in a a month i'll be back to being a piece of shit one of the things is that like when you start something new especially if you're ADD, you get really into it and you're like, this is great. This is so great. I have this new routine. It's going to change my life. And then you forget about it and you stop doing it. And then you're like, oh yeah, I guess this wasn't really, you know, the next big thing. It was just my hyper fixation for the moment, but you know, who knows? Definitely feel better in a way that I haven't for a long time. I know that all of last month and every day this month until I went to therapy, I was generally feeling bad just because I like wrote down like today sucked, today felt bad, today was not super good but not bad, you know, et cetera. Like I was, I was basically only having bad days and not good days. And since then, I had basically good days every day. So, uh, you know, it's it's something. I don't know. Uh, I I I'm excited to uh, keep going, and I hope it's not fake <laughs> because who knows? But I know some people who have done EMDR and they've been feeling good about it um but yeah uh let's go back to the emails you hear any hear about any of this kevin is is isn't this strange yeah i mean it, it's uh, it sounds hippie right it sounds like fake it sounds like something that shouldn't work but so many people say that it does that i i'm i really want to understand the mechanism behind it yeah and the lady said that there's good science behind it and she has like a doctorate or some shit and and like so i don't I obviously you can have a doctorate and be lying and you can say there's good science behind something and be referring to really flawed studies. I don't know, but hypothetically, uh, you know, I, I, it seems like there's something there. Um, 
it's 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 just really interesting uh i I don't know you know and i i'm not very hippie you know in that stuff not seriously though like sometimes i like to indulge because it's fun like i'm not much into astrology but i like astrology because it's like fun but i don't believe in astrology if someone said astrology is fake i wouldn't feel offended in any way you know and also she said that like i mentioned that i wasn't on any like mind-altering drugs you know like prescription drugs or anything for med uh for brain stuff you know like zoloft whatever you know and then she was like oh that's good because that can interfere with the process and that kind of like was a red flag or something where it's like oh she's saying that like brain drugs are bad that doesn't seem very <laughs> good you know so I, I i i'm not i'm not like i'm not like a convert or anything i'm, I'm still open to it being fucked up but i don't know uh it, but it was really helpful and i do feel just generally much happier at the moment which is surprising uh because i wasn't even even under the assumption that it would be helpful i was not expecting to feel any change for like even the first three weeks you know and the fact that i had such a drastic change leaving the fucking place uh was very was very notable to me anyway uh zim Zorl writes do you ever read fortune cookies? Have you ever had some serious ones re- recently? Question also pertains to general fortune telling like stuff. You know, are you into tarot? What's the deal with Baldur's Gate and D&D being popular compared to streams of live D&D play? How popular actually is something like Critical Role, Dimension 20, do you think compared to gaming in general? Would you get Andy Dick as a guest or Dino on uh, on how they're doing as a pair? More for Kevin, probably. I only watch that happens, but how transparent about SHV numbers is it in general? Do you know how much uh, more about the viewing habits than is public? What other kinds of questions do you want? Not counting bad ones to take the 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 pod to tank the podcast. Okay, so let's get your questions first, Kevin. Okay. What are what's with the metrics? Are you are you not transparent with the numbers? Are you transparent with the numbers? I know he's asking how much do I know more than public? I know what Kevin tells me and Kevin presumably knows a lot more than I do. No, I really don't look into it that much. I would prefer not to even look at the numbers at all if it wasn't for other people asking me all the time, "Hey, how many people were watching?" You know, mm-hmm. I, I kind of think it works better if we just don't know at all how many people are there because otherwise it gets competitive and it gets you know, you, you become micro-focused on like we had 0.3% less people watching today than we did last week, and what did we do wrong, and stuff like that. I I would rather be doing this just because we're all enjoying it, and the people watching it are enjoying it, and things like that, and, and keeping score kind of just takes away from that a little bit. So I personally would rather not keep track of numbers at all. Um, basically, the, the only metric I keep track of is for each show within the first 10 minutes of the show starting, what is the peak number of people watching? And that, and that, that's all I look at. Interesting. I mean, yeah, I agree with you 100%. Uh, there's definitely a toxic bad part of me that's like curious about my numbers. And then mostly is curious because it's like, oh, if this is a podcast, what's our podcast reach? You know, we, we release this as a podcast, but it has a much smaller audience that's on the podcast side than the live viewing side. So in terms of like who's actually paying attention, I'm like, yeah, what are our numbers in that sense? But I think that gets really quickly from just idle curiosity to how much better or worse am I doing than other shows? And I do think that's not helpful. And I agree that like focusing on numbers in any sense is like, who fucking cares? None of us are getting money from this. You know, it's not like we're actually like selling or not selling a product that we're, we're struggling to pay the bills on. And, and if we don't get our numbers up, we're going to get fired by the network. It's like, this is all, it's all because Kevin 
is donating his time and money and, and like computers and stuff to make this show happen, like to make all <laughs> to make all this stuff happen. And, um, you know, and so the people that are doing it should be doing what they want the way they want it in a way that presumably doesn't make Kevin super stressed because it's so generous of him. You know, so if, if we're doing like, for instance, if I you know, wanted uh, to talk about, like, if I wanted to interview all of Kevin's worst enemies or something and talk about his weaknesses, you know, it's like, that's something that Kevin, that might make him uncomfortable. So I wouldn't want to do that. But if it's not like bothering him, you know, like then, then just fucking do your thing. Like, and what are you talking about? Like, it's not, this is all fake. You know, it's like, it's all, it's all just passion. I just like podcasting. I like talking about this shit. There's stuff on my mind. And And I also like, not having anything to talk about and just having the slot of time that I like have to do a really bad job performing in. I feel like it's, it's a nice uh, exercise and hobby, you know, like the idea of like trying to turn it into some like endeavor when it's not, you know, is, is crazy to me. It would be one thing if like there was a potential for monetization and that monetization would rely on really understanding what works and what doesn't and stuff. But until something like that's on the table, it just almost seems like, I don't know, being really stupid for no reason to be upset, you know, <laughs> like, I don't know. Um, what else? Uh, fortune cookies. You have any for, did you, have you ever seen fortune tellers or, or seen any p- psychics, anything like that? I've never really done it, but I like fortune cookies a lot. Yeah. I mean, I've tried stuff like that. It just seems that they're giving just such incredibly vague responses and they're so guided by what you say. It, to me, it seems like a complete scam, you know? Yeah. And it annoys me because it's a scam that preys on people who were most hurting and most looking for closure and things like that. Like, you know, yeah, especially the of, people who want to talk to dead people and stuff. A hundred percent. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. No, that that it, it just it seems like, you know, you're taking advantage of people that that least need to be taken advantage of. Yeah, I'm not saying like I'm completely closed minded to stuff like that. I just I've, I've seen no evidence that it's true. And as much as I wish that it was true, nothing has shown me that yet. Yeah, I'm like open to the idea that some people have uh, some sort of perception beyond our understanding. But I think the vast majority of those people don't do it professionally. I think like that's almost a different skill set than doing the grifting to make yourself seem like a fortune teller. I mean, especially when you look into cold reading and hot reading and stuff, it's like it's just a skill set, you know, like you you can learn it yourself. You could do it. Um, so, yeah, but I do believe in fortune cookies. Um, well, I don't, but it's fun to believe in fortune cookies. I actually like, uh, was interested in someone and I was trying to get fortune cookies to tell me what to do and not do. And I was trusting in them a lot, but I don't think they were, uh, sending me down the right path. So now I'm more skeptical of fortune cookies. Why did I put my faith in fortune cookies, especially Panda Express out of all the fortune cookies? That's gotta be the least magical, you know? Uh, I know we're out of time, but, uh, just, uh, what's the deal with Baldur's Gate? Um, well, the thing about D&D is it's like it's social. It's you and your friends hanging out and making stupid jokes and eating popcorn and playing and having fun. And you got to email your friends and say, are you busy tonight? No, I'm not busy tonight. You got to come at eight. Please, please order pizza. You know, it's like it's like planning a party like D&D is like a party with your friends uh, where you do an activity. Whereas Baldur's Gate is a video game. I think like trying to compare them really misses what both of those things are. Like video game is not calling someone up and saying like, Hey, do you want to play this module? I've been reading this module and I want to do it. You know, it's like, they're very, very different. So I don't think it's useful to compare them. Um, and I have no idea the relative popularity is again, like it's saying like, is a video game more popular than critical role? I don't know. It's not super comparable. Um, would you get Andy Dick on as a guest? No. Would you get Dino on as a guest? No. 
Um, all right, that's our show, everybody. Uh, Kevin, you got anything to plug? Uh, nope, just check out drivehomevideo.com every Sunday. Watch us live and guess at how many people are watching. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, same here. Uh, we'll check out Shrop Home Video, patreon.com slash the Sixler. If you want me to uh, maybe get a sandwich with you, um, sandwich with you, if I'm in your town because of some sort of work-related thing, you know, uh, it's not off the table. Although if you're someone who's like, oh, yeah, I want that probably I won't want to do that with you. <laughs> like That's probably the kind of person I would not want to reward. Um, but hey, you know, you never know. You got to keep on dreaming. Uh, what else? Um, oh, special thanks to old man Crittenden. Looks like he's fallen asleep. Um, actually, he's dead. I think he's dead. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> I have some Narcan here. Always carry Narcan. Um, hold on. Oh, what's up? What's up? All right, folks. Well, we like to end the show the same way as we do every time. So until next time, it legally does contain up to 3% rail or three railroad spikes. And even if we don't tell you, know that that's always true. Legally speaking, hold us to that.